to a cloudy day. Dark pulls in and it starts to rain. Staring out to the caves like walls. Time goes by and the shadows crawl. Crushing candy, crushing pills. Got no job, my pays my bills. Texting exes, get my feels. Sweating bullets, Netflix chills. World's out there singing the blues. 20 more dead on the evening news. Think to myself, really, what's the use? I'm just like you, I was born to lose. Why, oh, why can't you just fix me? When all I want to feel numb, but the medication's all gone. Why, oh, why does God hate me? When all I want to get high and forget this so-called life. I am so freaking bored, nothing to do today. I guess I'll sit around and medicate. I am so freaking bored, nothing to do today. I guess I'll sit around and Attack that shit like a kid on Benadryl She sit down with a hopeful smile Hate myself, I can go for miles They say family's all you need Someone to trust can help you breathe Nail that drug but you start to choke You fall on the outs of an inside joke Why, oh why can't you just fix me When all I want to feel numb But the medication's all gone Why, oh why does God hate me Cause I've seen enough of it Heard enough of it Felt enough of it so freaking bored, nothing to do today. I guess I'll sit around and medicate. I am so freaking bored, nothing to do today. I guess I'll sit around and Like the rest of us Always got no fear When he saves that bus All the stars in the Hollywood Hills Snapchat live When they pop them pills All those flavors of the rainbow Too bad that shit don't work though Your friends are hot right now Your birds are hot right now That hot chick's hot right now That cop is hot right now The president's hot right now Your priest is hot right now Live, how you going? Welcome to episode number 84, 84 of the Average Man Podcast. Let me get this microphone right up in my grill here. Boom, brought in there by RX with Medicaid. What do you reckon about that? Pretty cool track, eh? Bit of sort of country, rock, a little bit of sort of even urban hip-hop kind of feel to it with um, 
yeah, cool little message about today's society and the way uh, we manage stress and and um and pain and uh, boredom and anxiety and all that kind of shit by just pop 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 popping those pills. Um, you guys know my thoughts on all that shit. Um, I've had a few rants on here, uh, even recently. So yeah. Definitely a uh, cool little track. I like the vibe a lot to it. And um, yeah, way to bring us in for this week. Medicaid episode number 84 of the Average Man Podcast. Um, yeah, a little bit of a catch-up episode this week. I was going to be doing a podcast with a, good, a mate of mine. Um, I was going to say a good friend of mine. He's a good friend of mine, but we haven't seen each other for a long time. Um, but we're still in contact. And basically a friend of mine, Brent Thompson, uh, they call him. But, well, his name's Brent Thompson. We call him Bob. Um and basically him and a, and a business partner um, are co-founders of a, an app called Lit, the Lit app. I don't know if you've heard of it. You will soon, um, not just through this podcast, but but she's coming. She's sort of um, about to start making some pretty decent waves. It's already making waves down Perthway, and I think it's really going to take off personally. Um, basically, there's an app that they've launched. Uh, interface is kind of like um, sort of – it's a social media app, but interface is kind of a little bit like, um, you know, like uh, Instagram. Um, but it's got, a, it's got a few differences, and I won't go too far into it right now. Obviously, I'm going to do the podcast um, with with Brent and Peter Salom, is his uh, business partner's name, next week anyway. So we'll sort of get into the nitty-gritty of it then. But it's got a really a few cool really uh, – really cool features um to it i stuffed tripped over my own words it's got a few really cool features to it that sets us apart so that it sets apart from the um the other big giants of social media um so you know yeah you kind of it's pumping money back into the local economy basically yeah, and we're gonna get into it um, next week so I'll just keep on going with that spending too much time on it but I'm looking forward to that one we were sort of trying to get it happening this week but the times didn't line up so I think that's going to go down Thursday evening uh, the week coming so that'll be out next weekend um, but yeah there's a few things being going on we had grand final weekend last weekend if you're an AFL fan or an NRL fan either way you were you were watching grand final last week which is pretty cool uh, I did not watch the AFL grand final I could be I could care less to be honest with you um, but I watched the NRL Grand Final. I'm a Storm supporter for anybody that knows me. So it was a nice big uh, win for us. Um, and uh, ended up being a pretty good game. We started to be a bit of a rollover through the first half. Um, the Storm were just flogging. I mean, like the, 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 the passage of play was, was fairly even back and forth. A lot of mistakes, especially for a Grand Final. I guess it was just a lot of pressure and all the hard hits and, and whatnot. But there was a lot of mistakes uh, back and forth. Um, but the, the, the teams seemed fairly evenly matched. It was number one and two on the, the ladder throughout the bulk of the season. The Panthers being number one, the Storm being number two. So they were the two best teams and they were very evenly matched. But just the, the points were on the board for the Storm. I think it was about 26 nil by the end of um, the first half. Uh, might have been 22 nil, but yeah, they were really starting to rack it up on them, which is not what you want for a grand final. Even if it's your team who's that far in front, you want a good game, you know, a good competitive game. So uh, the second half was where it started to get, to get interesting. The Panthers really made a comeback and, and made a run for that 26 points that the Storm ended up uh, accumulating. And they got, I think, within four, uh, within one try, I think they got to 22 points. So pretty cool, pretty interesting. Uh, good grand final in the end. Uh, I wasn't drinking. I've been doing Sober October. So it was a different experience for me over at the neighbor's house, everybody drinking, having a beer, and me there just sipping away on my uh, soda water. But, you know... You, 
I still enjoyed it. It's still good to get out and socialise. And, and um, alcohol's not everything, is it? It's just a little bit of spice on, on top. Um, and now, yeah, I did do this Sober October thing. Um, however, um, I had a social club do in the middle of the month that kind of come up. It sprung up after I'd already committed to doing the, the um, Sober October thing. So I think it was the 17th and the 18th of October. We went to Point Samson for a couple of nights, had a bus there, and we hired a, a, a chalet or a villa. Chalet, I think they are. A couple of the guys just camped and... and um, and then we had a, a bus that took us into the Northwest Brewery down Carthaway on the Saturday. So I wasn't going to miss out on that. All my hard-earned social club money. Uh, it's been a few months since the last uh, event, and that might be it for the year as well. So I did break the sober month for a couple of nights. Don't hold it against me. Friday night I had, I had a few beers, and Saturday I had a few beers um, at the brewery and kicked on until about 10 or 11 that night. But Sunday I was back on the wagon and went all the way through until, yeah, just last night. So, uh, yeah, all good. I did my Sober October and I think that I achieved what I wanted to achieve even though I had a little bit of a uh, cheat, a couple of cheat days in the middle there, which was just breaking that that routine, man. I really feel like I'm out of that routine of just drinking for the sake of drinking because I'm bored and um, because that's kind of what you do culturally, Australian, man, living in the rural Australia, tradie. Uh, all that kind of shit. You just drink beer, 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 beer. And um, yeah, I just wasn't liking how much I was drinking. Um, again, I don't have like a drinking problem by any sort of, um, you know, by anyone's standard, I wouldn't think. Um, but I was drinking too much for me and it was the fact that I couldn't break those habits, um, the cycle that I was in that was really uh, messing, with, messing with my head. I wanted to be able to... Um, you know, not drink and just be able to break that whole cycle. So I've been putting it off for a while. I did the sober month, and I've got a few little ideas bouncing around in my head now of what I'm going to do to mix it up next year to keep myself from falling into those ruts and those rhythms again. So yeah, I got a couple of ideas like maybe a month on month off top of gig throughout the year, but the month off the piss won't be super strict. Like not you're not allowed to not drink for the whole month. You know, it's, 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 I make the rules. It's my own It's my own little deal that I'm setting up. So but it would be just like not drinking pretty much and then maybe you go out to a barbecue so you have a few beers at, at your mate's house or maybe you go out to dinner with the missus and some friends or whatever so you have a couple of beers at the, the yachty or the, out down at the restaurant, whatever it is. Um, you know, but the idea would be you're not drinking at all during the week. You're not just having beers on Friday afternoon for the sake of having beers. You're not drinking beer at lunchtime on Saturday and Sunday because you're just kicking around the house doing bits and pieces. That that's what what was sort of um, messing with my head. The fact that it was just becoming so much of a routine, and I wanted to I wanted to get out of it. So I feel I've done that, and yeah, a few more um, little little obstacles I'll set up for myself next year to keep myself uh, yeah just to keep myself sharp, I suppose. Or on the back foot a little bit, so that was that was my my little sober month, and then I got a little forty eight hour uh, famine. Think famine forty eight forty eight hour famine. That's from from high school. A forty eight hour fast, really. That I'm that I'm going to do uh, tomorrow morning. For so tonight, Sunday night will be my last meal for forty eight hours, and then I'll, I'll break that on Tuesday evening just to mix it up on the body again and keep him keep it guessing. So maybe I'm maybe I'm getting old, maybe I'm getting bored, but I, you know I've done the vegetarian thing started this year for a couple of months months of pescatarian i've done the month off a of piss and i'm on the, the piss and i'm planning on doing a bit more of that sort of next year and then on this 48 hour i did a 24 hour fast last month and planning to do the 48 hour fast uh, as of tomorrow so yeah just keep things just mix it up keep myself guessing and yeah it's a good test of your your willpower and your discipline and 
um, I'm all about I'm all about that. So there, that's that's what's going on with me uh, at the moment, and it, I've timed it well. So I've got a mate coming down through Headland from Broome on Wednesday. He'll roll up Wednesday evening, which is the first game of Origin. Obviously, with the season all back to front and messed up this year because of COVID, um, we've got three solid weeks of um, Origin starting this week. So Wednesday this week, next, and the week after will all be Origin games one, two, and three. So he'll be here for Origin game one and. Um, yeah, I'll be able to have a beer with him and, and I'll be eating as well that by then. So it should be good, good little um, catch up. And, you know, it's just the reason I wanted to do this as well was coming into festive season. I'm pretty sure throughout November as we get to the tail end of it and then into December, it's going to be uh, catch ups and drinking and more food and then like, three and a half weeks off work or I'll be down south. Uh, I'm just going to give the old body uh, a flogging really. So um, just something positive to lead into that whole period. Um, yeah, and what else did we have last weekend? There was a big UFC. Uh, I had a friend come over, a mate from work come over and watch it with me. And it was different again, not drinking. Uh, but also it was on, for anybody else who watched it or anyone who regularly watches the UFCs, they're normally on at about, the main card normally starts at about 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning. So the prelims would start at 7 a.m. The main, card, main event or the main card would start at about 10 a.m. with the main fights being on at about 1 o'clock in the Arvo, something like that, which is obviously teed up to be uh, a Saturday night over in the States where they, you know, they, they hold them all around the world, typically in the States. They do hold them in Australia and England and other parts of Europe as well and Brazil. But they plan them always that they're on prime time Saturday night. Like I think the main fights would kick off at about six or seven on a, on a Saturday night. Obviously a good timing for the Yanks. Um, this one, however was aired at 2 a.m. our time, which I think I checked it, I looked it up, I think that was about 7 a.m. or something, um, 9 a.m. maybe on Saturday morning in America. So they got it on a Sunday, on a Saturday morning, about the time that we would normally get it, and we got it at 2 a.m., like Sunday morning. Um, and I think that's because Khabib Nurmagomedov uh, fought Justin Gaethje, um, and, you know, he's the lightweight champ. He's a massive, massive star. He's from Dagestani. So I think that whole Russian crowd, uh, like he's a massive superstar over there, and I think that idea was that it was at a good time uh, for them. Um, yeah, so prime time for the Russians, which was a different a different look. Uh, they've done that with some of the smaller cars, like the fight nights and stuff before. They've had them in, in um, Sweden at like 2 in the morning, um, and and they end up playing at a, a random time, like a Monday morning over here for us. But I'm not sure. Yeah, this is the first time we've had a main event that plays um, for an, for another crowd besides the US at their prime time. But so it was interesting. A mate came over, not drinking. We're up at 2 a.m. in the morning. We actually got up at about 1, started watch the end of the prelims, and then started watching the main card, and you're kind of wrapping up fights. I think the, the last fight was finished by like 5 a.m. or something, 5, 5.30 in the morning. Which was cool, and it was a it was a good fight too. There was Aussie uh, Robert Whitaker fighting in the co-main event, who's who was the champion up until last year when when Stylebender beat him, um, and he's on a two-fight win streak now after losing the title. So he's back and heading back towards a title shot. Uh, and I've followed Robert, Robert Whitaker's um, career since he was on the Ultimate Fighter years and years ago. Um, Really good fighter. He's a Brisbane boy, so another Australian guy. So it was good to see him get a win against a tough opponent. Uh, and then Khabib Nurmagomedov, this was possibly his last fight ever. He's undefeated, 29-0, and 0, which is sort of unheard of in MMA. It's not like boxing where they set you up with 
bunch of amateur fights against beatable guys and then build you up so you get a big name and then put you in fights you know with the with the the top guys and champions and really try and manicure your your uh, um record so you get a 50 you know like Floyd Mayweather it's not like that it's it's they throw you in the deep end you fight in all sorts of guys and these guys are dogs there's so many different ways to lose a fight there's wrestling there's there's grappling you know submissions knockouts with with hands elbows knees feet um you know just so many different ways to lose um that to get to 29 and 0 in the lightweight as well which is a beast of a division is just is unheard of and it's um yeah it's incredible especially at the top competition the guys he's beat and the way he's beat them he he choked out uh, well tapped out conor mcgregor um he's just completely destroyed dustin poria who's another top ranked lightweight uh, he's ran through the whole division and just mauled guys ragdoll them around they do this um sambo over in in like russia like dagestani and kazakhstan and um, those places where it's like this, uh, it's like a combat wrestling. There's like wrestling, grappling. They got submissions. They have strikes in it uh, as well, and they're they're also super high level wrestlers over there. So they come over and fight the the westerners, and they just ragdoll them. That's that's why he 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 fights. He ragdolls people around. Physically really strong, really talented, super disciplined, mentally you know, unbreakable. Um, just a great, great champion. And there was this was the clear number one contender that he fought, Justin Gaethje, a guy that's only lost twice to two um, former champions. Really dangerous guy, technical striker, wrestler, high-level wrestler, great cardio, every tool in the tool bag, uh, just on an absolute tear coming into this fight. And everyone was really uh, interested to see how Khabib would go against a high-level wrestler with really good technical striking, um, vicious leg kicks, and just wondering if he'd be able to, to, to handle the the tool set that, that Justin Gaethje had. And he completely destroyed Gaethje. I mean, the whole first round was just a mauling, just just Khabib throwing him around, getting on top, landing good shots. Justin landed a few shots. Khabib just ate him and ran through him. He landed hard leg kicks. Khabib just took him and got inside and imposed his game plan on him, uh, mauled him for the first round, and it looked like Gaethje was actually starting to gas out. Fairly early, even though he's a super fit guy, I just think the pace of it and the grappling and the way it was he was on the receiving end of everything uh, was really taking it out of him. And then the second round didn't last very long, a bit more of the same until uh, Khabib got on top of him and finished him, I think, with a leg triangle, choked, choked him out with a leg triangle. Uh, and I think he actually put him to sleep. Gaethje tapped a few times. The ref didn't see it, even though he was like literally right there looking at the guy's hands. It was Poor, poor refing, uh, and choked him unconscious. Got up and retired. It was pretty hectic, man. So we'll see if he stays retired. I know that his his dad died from the whole from COVID nineteen. Um, so this was his first fight without his dad and and trainer um, ever. Um, and his dad wanted wanted him to go thirty and zero. Apparently, his mum wanted him to retire. Now his dad's not there to train him and be there with him. He said he was going to retire. There's talks that he may come back for that that one more fight, which would be a legacy fight against GSP, the greatest of all time in my opinion. So we'll see what happens there. But you know, I'm I'm happy for the guy to retire, 29 and 0, doing what he's done. GSP's already retired. You know, you'd like to see two legends go out on top rather than one of them they come back and fight each other. One of them's got to got to lose and go out on a loss. So as much as I'd love to see that fight, I'm pretty happy for him to retire at, at 29 and 0, and um just go into the next phase of his. Career, but it was a hectic, hectic fight. So, two grand finals and a massive big UFC event last weekend. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah, 
that was it, man. Um, what else are we going to talk about? There's not a lot of sport coming up now unless you're a rugby union fan. I don't know about anything about the cricket, so I'm not even going to mention I have no idea what's going on in the cricket world. And if you talk to me about cricket, I will fall asleep. I will dead on fall asleep about 15 seconds into the conversation. So I'm not going to go there. I know that there was a big um, game on last night. I think Wallabies All Blacks played in the union. Again, I don't really follow union, so... League's over for, for, for me for now, so I'll probably drop my KO subscription and just be it'll just be uh, the UFC for me now for the next six months until season starts up next year. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know what else there is in the way of sports, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's always sad to see the end of the season as it's also exciting, but it's a little bit of a relief sometimes too. I don't have to juggle watching that many different sporting events now, just the UFCs as they come up. Yeah, what else is going on? You know, talking about the whole COVID-19 thing, I've been speaking to a few friends lately and I, and I was just made a bit of a, uh, I came across a bit of a, uh, what's the word? Well, I came to a realisation that, um, pretty tricky word, eh? I came to the realisation that uh, I know a bunch of people who's, have had long-term relationships um, fall apart this year. Um, I know a guy who was in a relationship for 11 years, that's fallen apart. A guy that was in a relationship for, I think he said 17 years, that's fallen apart. Uh, I know some people who've been in shorter relationships a couple of years, whatever, that have that have fallen apart, some due to time and distance, um, some due to maybe, I don't know, like what, what exactly you put it down to. I also know people whose relationships were finished that have, severely deteriorated and gone kind of crazy uh, this year as well. And you've got to put a lot of that down to the situation of um, COVID-19 and um, travel bans and isolation and stress and people not being able to do the things that they would normally do in a year. Like a lot of the time, man, um, we rely on those little breaks, getting away, holidays, uh, whatever it is, uh, as a real refresher. Um, a refresher from work, from your day-to-day routine, you, and, and even your interactions with other people like you and your partner, just doing the routine thing all the time. Sometimes it really feels like you're in, stuck in Groundhog Day. If you don't know what that is, go watch that movie. It's awesome. Um, and, and those holidays can be what what breaks it all up and helps you reconnect and the things that you look forward to. So even though X, Y, and Z are playing on your mind and pissing you off and stressing you out right now, you know that in two months' time you've got a break plan and you guys can reset and and rekindle things a little bit. Um, and to not have that, trust me, I know from experience, you know, I've pitched a moan about the fact that we missed out on our Bali holiday by like a week this year and, and won't know when we have another one. Um, and really no other holiday this this year till Christmas. Like, I know what it's like. It gets stressful, man. There's just the day-to-day monotony, you know. It's hard to break it up. And you've got to put a lot of that down to why these um, relationships are breaking up, which is, you know, the bigger question of how long is this shit all, all going to go on for? And, and what's the is the, ref, is the reaction to the virus worse than what would have happened if we'd have just gone day-to-day life? And I know that a bunch of... A bunch more people, uh, compromised people, would have contracted the disease of the virus and died uh, if we didn't do anything. But on a long-term scale, it, it, would the damage have been bigger than what's gonna 
eventuate and is, is starting to emerge now from from the way we've handled this, like uh, relationship breakup, um, businesses, specifically small businesses, uh, and 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 things in hospitality uh, just shutting down, lifelong dreams crushed, money tens of thousands and more of money just lost, buried um, in projects that can now not get off the ground uh, or couldn't float throughout this time. Um, depression, how many people have killed themselves during the, because of the depression and stress and anxiety and financial stress and isolation and shit that's been imposed on them during this time, like that, that's a lot, it's pretty heavy. Um, and then breakdown, like even just the social breakdowns, like as far as living in Port Hedland, we've had it pretty good. And in WA in general, since all the regions opened up, it's been pretty good. But as an Australian, uh, I've noticed um, and happened sort of blindsided us. So it took a little while to step back and look and, and realize what had happened. But I've noticed that we are separated into a country of states so much now that um, we never were like that before. We were when it came to sport and it was like a healthy rivalry, you know, Queensland versus New South Wales, the Eastern States all, you know, taking the piss out of each other, everyone taking the piss out of WA, all of us just ignoring Northern Territory. Um, but just there was a, uh, you know, you could go wherever you wanted, whenever you wanted. Um, there was a feeling that this is one country and now it really is a country of separate states you know because you can't travel to another state without quarantining you know um it's that's not healthy that's not good that's not what the country is supposed to be about and that's been perpetuated by the way that the our government has handled the situation um and and i understand that it's good for wa because we handled it really well and got got ourselves in the clear quite uh, quickly um, and Mark McGowan is you know one of the most popular premiers in history now because of the way that he's um, been the able to handle the situation and obviously Victoria have completely bungled the thing from the word go they had like nine months to pull the finger out of their ass now and they just keep fucking it up at every turn um, so you know we don't want to be pulled down by um a group of people who aren't who, who haven't figured it out, but it just doesn't seem healthy for the social side of things. And you know, for us as a country and a community, when we're trying to get past division in certain kinds of built-in ingrained uh, division, and then now we're just starting new kinds of division that that um, you know state on state kind of thing, and and the travel bans, and it's, it's quite a weird situation. And I just want to backtrack to me shitting on. Um, Victoria there for a minute as well I, I, it's hard to know without all the information and you know it's just you make your own mind up based on what you hear and feel and think but it's hard to see how that's not a leadership problem in Victoria like I, I don't see that the Victorians are any different to the rest of us where they would just continually fuck this up um, and drag it on and continually get outbreaks and um, without it being a leadership problem like you, you would think that that's been messed up from the top down. Like if there's not more densely populated than inner city Sydney is, and although they've had issues, outbreaks, they've been able to contain them, and they never were at those extremely high levels of cases and outbreaks and stuff like Victoria were for a long time. It was just going up and up and up and up. Um, so I dare say that's that smells of a leadership problem to me. 
I'm not smart enough to know those sort of things, but that's just my opinion. So, yeah, I'm not shitting on the average Victorian um, bloke um, or, or person, but it does definitely seems like a, a leadership problem. But the the fact is that Victoria completely fucked this whole thing up for a long period of time now. Um, but, you know, personally, I'm just over the whole the whole thing. Uh, I think the World Health Organization are even saying now that lockdowns are not the way to deal with this, uh, not for a... Uh, not for a um, an extended period of time that was a way to get things under control and then there's other ways to, to deal with it, you know, um, social distancing and masks and all that bullshit. But anyway, I don't want to go down that COVID rabbit hole too far. I just thought that it was worth pointing out that um, the stress caused by this is becoming evident and I was just... Yeah, it just dawned on me the other day that, wow, there's a lot of relationships I know of that have fallen apart this year and you have to have that directly linked to um, factors, um, you know, attached to the whole COVID-19 situation. So just sort of food for thought there. Hey, I was watching a doco. I started watching this doco. Well, actually, I heard of the doco through a new podcast that I've been listening to, um, the Green Reapers podcast. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Um, a lot of people would probably know who Whitey is, Chris White. He was one of the main guys from the Tension, who started the Tension videos back in the 90s. He's a bodyboarder. Um, seems like he's got his finger in a few different pies at the moment. And he's got a podcast. Now, this goes back to my friend, Bob, who's got the Lit app. Um, he was on this podcast a few a few weeks back, or maybe a couple of months ago. Um, probably a couple of months ago. And give me a heads up to go check it out. And I've been listening to them this week. Um while I'm going from job to job and to and from work and stuff. And I'm actually really liking it. So it's 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 Chris White and another fella, uh, Buddha, I think they call him, who's a comedian. No, I don't know who he is, but there's the two of them and they they do podcasts just together and they do interviews um, of, you know, uh, they've had a few cool interviews. Obviously, they did more mates from, from the Lit app as well, Lit app as well which is really cool, and it's cool to hear some other local guys. They've obviously, they're not the average man. They've got a following coming into this. Chris White has been known for many, many years. Um, they've got connections and and a big following built up and stuff already, but it's just cool to hear guys, Perth guys, um, doing this whole podcast thing and becoming, making it like a, an Australian, um, making the, a culture, how do I want to put that? helping us get ownership of it in our own way because a lot of the podcasts that us as Australians have been listening to for a while have been from overseas. There's ABC ones and there's some true crime ones kicking around and I know that. I know there's thousands of podcasts but as a culture, as a, as a, as a movement and a feel, it's been us listening to American podcasts, uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, Fighter and the Kid, uh, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, um, uh, Radio Lab, like Mark Maron's What the Fuck podcast. Like, there's all these American podcasts that have really been moving the culture along and changing the way um, comedy works and and just the way that uh, ent- the t- entertainment industry interacts uh, as as a whole. And the Australians have been watching that, following along, and taking notes and whatnot. And now to see that it's starting to be implemented over here at our own little our own little culture pop up where you got guys from Perth interviewing comedians and fighters and sports sports um, you know and athletes and stuff and 
a businessman from Perth, from WA, um, to see that little, which is, you know, obviously what I'm attempting to do up here in Headland as well, to see that starting to manifest down there. And then guys like me, who's a podcaster, can listen to their podcast and they're tied in with a, a guy guy that I know who's got a, a local endeavor. And, and to see that networking sort of um, vibe starting to come out of homegrown here in Australia, and I'm sure it's happening over in the other states as well. To see that and feel that start happening is really cool to uh, to me and really exciting. Um, so and and they mentioned on this Grin Reapers podcast about the uh, comedy store documentary, which I'd heard about and was didn't realise was out quite yet. And I started watching it during the week. I'm on. I think I've watched two episodes now. It's a four part series. And for anybody who doesn't know what the comedy store is, the comedy store is like comedy mecca in LA. In, um, and it basically is like a 50-year-old club. It used to be a gangster club back in the, the like, 50s and 60s. And then uh, uh, Mitzi Shaw uh, moved in there and took it over. Uh, one of the rooms, I think, at the beginning, Mitzi Shaw, and she's, if you heard the name before, it's Paulie Shaw's mum, took it over and made it a comedy club back in the day. And they had all these comedians there and they've had a couple of waves of popularity and then it falling off and waves of popularity and it falling off. But it's got this deep, rich history and all the comedians, the biggest comedians in the world, all go there and work out material. And um, up until the coronavirus hit, you could go there on a Tuesday night and see Joe Rogan, Bill Burr, uh, um, Chris Rock, um, you, you know, Jim Jeffries, uh, Louis C.K., like all these guys. You could have five, six massive, massive stadium headliners on the bill on one night. And then, you know, and, uh, you know 20 other, or maybe 10 or 15 other up-and-coming uh, uh, comics as well, supporting them and bringing them up, like, on, you know, every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, um, which is just crazy. And then they go and they generally go and, and um, tour on the weekends and go do shows around the country. So it's, it's this crazy club, and I missed out on going there because I didn't know about it by about a year. We went to the States for my 30th birthday and it wasn't until like the year after I started really listening to podcasts and figuring out, hearing all this sort of stuff and learning about the comedy store and we were right there on Sunset Strip looking for something to do, walking around. Um, went to the House of Blues, which is pretty close to it, I'm quite sure. And I'm pretty dev- devastated that we didn't just walk into the comedy club one night, get a ticket and, and see some of these cool, you know, just experience some of that history um, seven years ago. But... Anyway, there's a documentary out on it now, and two-part series, I'm, into, I'm getting into it now, and it just perpetuates this whole thought of mine that how important stand-up comedians are for the culture. Um, and I sort of wonder if that's a big part of what's missing in um, Australian culture as far as our music and entertainment goes, because stand-up comedy, stand-up comics, are such a huge part in, in pushing the envelope and the boundaries of what's acceptable and what we talk about and how we interact with information and how our, our, our media um, and how our entertainment industry all, all interact with us and how we, you know, um, receive and dish out information and, and, and media and, and, you know, entertainment. So but stand-up comedy in Australia seems to have been a background kind of art form for the, for a long time. Like we've always had, you know, uh, Rodney Rood and we had um, Carl Barron and we had Kevin Bloody Wilson. You know, there's a handful of guys you can you could you could 
name off the top of your head. That was the guy that did the Chopper Reed impersonations. But it always was a bit more of a background thing. They were kind of seemed like one-off, spotted here, here, here. And, you know, you'd, they'd be some sort of specials that would come out every now and then. We'd, we'd recycle them and listen to them for a long time. We've had our skit shows. I know we had skit shows full frontal and fast forward and, and then those guys went on and did a few other bits and pieces. But I'm not really talking about skit shows. Um, I'm talking about stand-up comedy. So... It does seem to have been a background art form over here in Australia for the longest time and perhaps that's why our media and entertainment music lacks the same edge and same with the UK, it lacks the same edge that that the Americans have because Americans, um, it's funny, um, Australians are pretty wild people, you know, a lot of country full of bogans and, you know, um, you know, we all know what our history comes from, uh, where our history comes from, and 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 we're it's a we're a wild, outlandish, outdoorsy kind of culture. You know, the yahoos, and that's the vibe, and that, that's our the image that people have of us. And you know, a lot of times we 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 live up to it. And the Americans are a bit more buttoned down, and you know, definitely groups of them are anyway. Clean cut American kid. Um, however, their their media. And their music and their entertainment is so much more cutting edge and push the envelope so much more than ours. And we seem to be buttoned down. And same with our political system. Their political system's wild. And ours is so, it's this, uh, apart from the those whole, um, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you know when they're when they're meeting and the speak they have all the different speakers and they abuse each other like kids at high school you know in in the, in the schoolyard and they talk over each other and, but apart from that like our our political system it's also buttoned down and straightforward and clean cut and you know there's things that we just can't get our head around over here like legalizing marijuana and 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 changing drug laws um, you know obviously firearms and things we're very much we're a stricter culture especially in western australia the nanny state and it's reflected in our music if you say anything outlandish or wild in this in music in australia you know it's kind of it's not it's not um taken uh too kindly i suppose you won't get any airplay you know you know it's hard to become a, a successful band over here if you don't kind of toe the line it definitely our comedy and our movies they're all kind of it's changing now, but this is where I'm getting at. It's all been quite doesn't hit as hard as the American stuff does, and we're wild people. So what is that? And part of me thinks a lot of that has to do with the lack of having a big stand-up comedy culture in the country that pushes that along, that pushes the line, pushes the needle, moves the needle, so that what's acceptable and what people hear on a day-to-day basis and what we talk about uh, is is broadened. And because you've got these guys just going out there saying outlandish shit constantly and then they're one-upping each other and then they're, they're, they're doing it in an entertaining and funny way that then even though we're laughing our asses off, it gets you thinking about things and then it gets you used to hearing these kind of ideas and then you hear those kind of ideas mirrored in movie and film and music and I really think that that's something that our our um, creative culture um, has been missing and and it's exciting to me to hear Australian podcasters starting to experiment with the with the you know with these conversations having comedians on um, talking about wild shit like guys do and girls do um, normal everyday Australians do I heard you hear some of the conversations on this Green Ribbons podcast you know 
it's uncomfortable and it's cringeworthy and it's hilarious and it's outrageous and, and they're the kind of conversations that real people have in real life and we haven't heard that kind of honesty uh, uh, for the most part in Australian culture. So it's really exciting for me to hear that um, and to see that starting to take place uh, and I just want to see more and more of it. I want to see that grow um, and I hope that, that stand-up comedy is becomes a, a bigger part of our culture over here too because, yeah, it, you know, it, it is important. There are the spokesperson for the everyday Australians rather than our politicians telling us what to think, feel and, and what's acceptable. We want our own spokespersons and that is, that is I think, a big part of what, what comedians, stand-up comedians do. And then hopefully our culture and music and everything can grow along with it because we, there's, no need that we need, there's no need for us to import culture over here. There's enough people, there's enough ideas. You know, obviously you always borrow from other um from other cultures and countries and that's just part of life but do we borrow too much in my opinion um i think we could we could be doing a lot of that ourselves um so yeah it's exciting for me to hear that happening and see that that going on um just yeah i just really love it man and podcasts are a big a big big part of it <sighs> so yeah um sort of went down the rabbit hole a little bit with that one, didn't I? But, you know, I just wanted to catch up and there's a few things that have been floating around in my head the last uh, few weeks. So I thought I'd kind of get them out and get them on paper. I'm excited to see the rest of this doco and see where it goes. I know the last series anyway is the, is the, return, of, of, um, it's the return of Joe Rogan. And as far as that, um, comedians really pushing the envelope, you should... If you if you're not around someone like Dave Chappelle, you should really check out Dave Chappelle because guys like that are super important. Um, they 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 are that's what I mean when I talk about a spokesperson for for a culture and for generation and for different and for for a group of people, guys that have the balls to go out and and really be cutting edge and push the line and and just you know some of the most brilliant minds in entertainment um, um and arts are those these stand up comics. So yeah, you should check him out. Check out that documentary. It's a really good one. Really enjoying that right now. Uh, well, yeah, look, I've, hit, I've rambled on for 40 minutes now um, and my GoPro's just cut out. I'm going to start starting to put these up on YouTube now so hopefully I can get a good um, clip out of this one. I haven't actually put one of the Go GoPro footages up on YouTube yet so I was kind of, this was the first time of trying to get some good footage to, to accompany the podcast. That's run out and gone flat on me now. So probably a good time to wrap this one up as well. The next time you hear from me, it will be... Uh, going into depth on this lit app with Brent and Peter. Um, yeah, and that'll be a Zoom one, so that'll be up on YouTube as well. But anyway, uh, I think that's pretty much enough for this week. I'm going to go and um, hang out with my family for the rest of the day and have a drink this afternoon because Sober October's over. Yay! All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, appreciate your time. Appreciate your ears. Um, and Average Man Podcast episode number 84 Medicaid over and out cheers peace